the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. This is the new generation of talk radio in the Bay Area. This is KNEW, AM and HD, Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose. Now, your money, your life. It's Rob Black. There's all things that you could invest in. And all you're young and good looking, take advantage of that because it ain't going to hold forever. So there's all things that you can invest in. Stocks, bonds, real estate. You can buy real estate as a stock called a real estate investment trust. You can go out and get private real estate and have a mortgage. But is that really an investment when you have a mortgage? Because an investment to me is you buy something and it goes up or down in value. Whereas a mortgage, you buy real estate, you got to pay that mortgage on a regular basis. So it's really not an investment. It's a liability. So I look at the world a little bit differently, and I wildly thank Michael for letting me make fun of him for a second. Um, and again, I'll buy you beers, Michael. Uh, I got no ill will. Kiyosaki hurts people, and that's sad. And Donald Trump, I wish I could have his his wealth and the way he made it. He inherited it. He had a rich daddy. Um, he's been in bankruptcy three times. I mean, if the fact that anyone takes any investment advice from him is laughable. So uh, he's great at, at PR. I would love to study the Donald Trump PR phenomenon because he's done a good job there. But with his actual investments, not so good. So he's actually figured out a, a neat thing about real estate is he puts his name on it. So he licenses his name, a lot like the Playboy Bunny, for instance. They may, you go to Vegas, and there's, I think the Palms in Vegas has a, a Playboy you know, uh, suite and stuff like that. They've got a lot of slots that are Playboy-oriented um, that have the bunny and beautiful girls on it. Uh, they don't actually make the slot machines. They just license the image to be put on top of the slot machine. That's very, very profitable. Same thing with Trump. He doesn't actually buy the real estate anymore. He doesn't buy the buildings. He just puts his name on it, and he lets someone else buy it. He, he lets someone else manage it. So there's all sorts of things that you can invest in. For instance, there's a great article today on pythons. I know you're saying, really? You can invest in pythons? Back in 2009, early in 2009, there was a premium python that would sell for $40,000. Now it's going for half that sum, uh, so says breeders. The price of the hypomelamistic boa constrictor one with a mutation that lightens its skin tone was $99 on February 1, down from $5,000 in 2007. If you go to a website called king-snake.com, a classified ad site that acts as a market maker for snakes, um, some of them, it, it's funny, you know, buyers, sunglow boa constrictors, um, a couple years ago going for 10000 now they're going for 3000 So there was a Senate bill that basically restricted the sale of exotic animals, and that the Senate basically changed what is worth and what is not worth in the world of snakes. So again, 
That's one of the reasons I talk politics. And you could probably think, like, if you listen to me, you'll probably go, he's a Republican. But if you listen a little bit further, you'll go, ooh, he's a libertarian. But no, if you listen a little bit further, you'll go, he hates them all. I hate Republicans. I hate libertarians. I hate Democrats. Um, I love mayors. I love mayors. Mayors actually have the chance to change their people's lives. I'm not a big fan of, of national politics because to me, it's just this silly game of let's get in and like Nancy Pelosi taking 17 of her members to Italy, 17 members of her family to Italy on taxpayers dime. That to me is just, it's grotesque. And again, you don't have to look that far on Republicans, you know, you don't. So I don't know. I don't think I'll ever be a politician, but I I would like to be a mayor uh, of a city because I think you can do some good things. If you've got the ability to sit through a lot of BS, you know, people who are, there's a crack on my driveway and I think the city should fix it. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Amazon.com is doing something weird. I love Amazon.com. It's a website that I trust. I'll buy shoes from Amazon. I'll buy dog food. I'll buy cat food. My local cat food and dog food place, it's cute. They sell dog costumes, but they also sell all their food at premium prices. I could get my dog food for half off online at Amazon.com. I could get it shipped for free. So I could not pay sales tax of 9.5% in California. So to me, that's a good deal. So with that said, I can buy more dog food or I could buy less dog. I could spend less on my dog food and then I can spend more on me. Get me a big old filet. Anyway, Amazon's doing something interesting. You know the Kindle? The iPad is supposed to be a Kindle killer. I don't think it's a Kindle killer. According to the reviews that I've seen, it doesn't look like it's a Kindle killer. But what they're going to do now, they, they've for a couple of their premium customers, they did a little bit of a test run where they'll, they'll give you a Kindle, you pay for it, and if you don't like it, they'll give you your money back and you can keep it. So there's a source out there today that's talking about if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, that they may just give you the, they may give it to you for free. See, the Amazon Prime subscriber, you pay 50, 60, 70, 80 bucks. I'm not even sure what it is. And you get free shipping on everything. So you never have to pay shipping that year. And it's, it's the two-day overnight, you know, upgrade that they'll give you. Now, you've got to buy it from them and you don't buy it from uh, the people that have stores at Amazon.com. They're thinking about just giving them away because they know that that's a shopper who trusts them. That's a shopper who buys everything from them or buys a lot from them. And if you give them a Kindle at 350 bucks, they'll, they'll eat that because the profits probably really only cost them about $100, $125 to make. So they'll, they'll, take the, they'll eat the loss on that knowing that they'll get another device out there and that this person trusts them and will probably buy two or three books a year from them. Now, again, when it starts doing a little bit more video, when it starts acting more like the iPad tablet, you know, it'll have a little bit more oomph to it, where it'll have a little bit more of an appeal other than just books. So the one book that I read, the one magazine that I read, Jugs Magazine, they don't yet make for the Kindle. And because of that, it's very visually oriented. Um, it's, hey, don't get dirty. It's all about, like, Greek urns and stuff. It's all about the jugs from the past. So um, I have a thing for Greek urns. I come from a long line of men that have a thing for Greek urns. Anyway, the Kindle is out there, and uh, they, they may be start giving it away for free. It's an interesting business model, especially because they'll give it away to free to people who use their premium service. 
they would encourage me to use their premium service. They would encourage Heidi to use their premium service. So she may be thinking, ooh, I can get a $350 you know, device for free if I sign up for something that's going to cost me $100 a year. But the idea is they want you to keep signing up for $100 a year. So once you try that, once you get used to spending, like it's called a loss leader. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called. It's called a loss leader. So anyway, you got that going for you. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. You know who's pissed off today? No, it's not me. You know who's pissed off today is um, movie theater owners. So Disney has decided to release the DVD of Alice three months after the theatrical release. Three months, not four months. The typical is four months. So, and this is shaking up theater owners. They're griping. They think that short window is going to encourage moviegoers to wait for the DVD rather than see it on the big screen. Some operators are saying, you know, the moment we see a slowdown in ticket sales, we're pulling it. So we'll teach you, Disney. You'll get less movie ticket sales. Disney doesn't care. They got the DVD coming, which is as higher profit margins for them. So there's all sorts of implications for D- Disney's move. You know, are we moving towards that direction of a movie coming out the same day it's released in the theater? Because keep in mind, Disney has to have two very expensive marketing campaigns. Right now, you're going to see Tim Burton, you know, commercials. You're going to see Johnny Depp commercials. Come to the movie theater this weekend to see America's hottest, craziest movie of the year. Alice. And in four months from now, or in three months from now, they're going to say, get the DVD, own it at your home, and see the craziest, most theatrical Johnny Depp movie of all time. That's expensive because they have to buy the radio spots. They have to buy the TVs. They got to market twice. So on one hand, they want to go screw you, movie operators. But on the other hand, there's something to be said about the magical wonderment of sitting in a movie theater and watching a movie. You know what I love is the, the bladder buster that is the Coca-Cola. What's up with that 128-ounce bladder buster? You know, and they're, they're like, for $4 more, I'll get you 500 ounces. I'll put an IV of Coca-Cola into your arm during the whole movie. For $5 more, I'll sell you a diaper. You can just pee right there in the theater and you never have to leave. For $10 more, I'll sleep with you in the in the, the popcorn bin. <laughs> like, sweet. Butter? I mean, that's what that's where they're at, right? If you go to a movie theater, it's all, it's all about the upsell. The bladder busters, I like to say it. We should do a contest on this show. Maybe uh, me, Heidi, and Roy Lamella. And maybe Seabass, where we just sit there and we drink massive amounts of soda to see who whose kidneys actually fail live on air. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's the Rob Black Show. I think coming up, we're going to have the one, the only, Dan Rusnowski from your San Jose Sharks. He's on the road. It's always tough to track down a man who's on the road. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Four seconds of penalty timer ticking off on the clock. One more rush. Here's Getzlaff. Lead for Scott Niedermeyer. Breaks in. Penalty is over. A centering attempt just got blocked. And the Sharks have a two-on-one mini one. Here's Heatley out of the box. Export moving in. Gives him the play. Break away. Thornton shoots. Scores! Joe Thornton, his first of the year. Great setup from Danny Heatley. And the Sharks have a 3-0 lead. Joining me now, Dan Rusnowski from 98.5, the voice of the San Jose Sharks Radio Broadcast Network. I listened to a lot of your work yesterday, Dan. I was in the car lot. Um, we beat Detroit. That's a positive. Dan? 
I hear you. Okay. Now I hear you. <laughs> now. I was going to say, I was listening to your, a lot of your work yesterday with, uh, I was up and down 101, 280, and uh, listening to the Sharks beating Detroit, which it's been a little bit tough for us to do recently. Well, it's been almost impossible over the history of the team. You know, only five victories, including last night in regular season in 18 years. And this one went down to the shootout. But, boy, what a what a night. Uh, so much entertainment. Uh, such great play by so many different players. And it doesn't sound very good when you give up 52 shots on net one game. But the way that the Sharks were, uh, Nabokov was fantastic. The defense really played well. And that's just a tribute to them, the way that they handle it. It's been a pretty good road trip for the San Jose Sharks. We're, we're, we're doing what we need to do. We're taking care of business. Things aren't getting out of control. And then out of nowhere, we lose to one of the worst teams in the league. But the next day, we beat one of the best teams in the league. Well, being one of the worst teams in the NHL is, is a kind of a mixed bag because, yeah, your record isn't as good as other teams, but you're still a National Hockey League franchise. I mean, they've got Rick Nash. He's one of the best players in the league in Columbus, and uh, he scored a goal against the Sharks. It happens. It, it, it just goes to show you that it's abnormal behavior to go through the travel, go through the physical pounding, go through the challenges of the athleticism and everything else that's required and still have to win games. And then come back and beat Detroit, which, you know, they're not one of the best record teams in the NHL either, but you know something, Rob, they've got all that history and, and all that experience on their club. And so those are things that, uh, you know, that happen during the course of a tough schedule. Now, it sounds like you're traveling on a bus. Are you traveling with a team? Yeah, we're just, come, we're just pulling into Buffalo right now, as a matter of fact, as we speak. So, um, you know, you're, you're really living through the, the whole experience. We've got a nice little crew of people here, and we're pulling into Buffalo right now. Okay. Now, um, I was listening to your broadcast the other day, and, and your, your broadcast partner was talking about Nabokov playing jokes on him on the airplane. What's that story all about? Uh, Jamie and Nabokov have a long history of uh, probing each other, basically. They, uh, they, they enjoy playing pranks on each other, uh, um, pretending that they don't like each other to have a false fight, basically, on the plane, which is really funny. And uh, they, they keep finding different ways to, uh, to get each other set off. So it's part of the fun that we have on the plane. There's a little bit of a calm before the storm right now with the Olympics. Um, Will the the Sharks muster enough energy tomorrow to be able to, like, have the intensity to play Buffalo? You know, that's part of what happened in the game against... uh uh, against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, you know, it's just, there's just so much going on for so many of these players. They're dealing with the, the rigors of the schedule, and, and I think there's going to be plenty for tomorrow. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see who plays gold. Thomas Grice played in, in Columbus, and he really did a good job in the, in the losing cause. I mean, he played really well. I, I have a funny feeling he's going to probably play uh, maybe the last game of this trip. Uh, as it were, Nabby took enough shots for two games last night. So um, he'll be ready for the Olympics, and it's going to be tough to beat the Russians, I'll tell you that, uh, in the Olympic Games. But uh, but uh, I think that against Buffalo, they're a team that they've already beaten once. Uh, they're a talented club. They're going to give the Sharks all kinds of trouble. And it's interesting because from an Olympic perspective, Ryan Miller, who hasn't been going that well in goal lately for the Sabres, has got one more chance to get it all together before he plays for the U.S. Olympic team. So it'll be very interesting. When do the Olympic hockey games start up, and how much time will the players have to practice with their respective countries? 
only a couple of days, really. They had an orientation camp in September, so they got a chance to meet each other. And a number of these guys uh, play together. It's sort of like getting traded. You know, you, you go through that, that, that period of a few hours or maybe a day or two where you really aren't familiar with your surroundings, and then you just fall into hockey player mode, and everything else turns out okay. So I, I don't think it'll be too bad, but it is pretty unique, the way that it worked. You know, the year the U.S. won the Olympic Games in 1980, that miracle on ice year, uh, effectively what happened was uh, they, they had a year to play together. They played in exhibitions. There were guys that didn't end up making the team, and that's been well chronicled in all of the, the movies that have been made about it. But now with the NHL involved, it's completely different, and it's, uh, it's much more like a, a whole bunch of players just got traded to one team, and they've got to play together for the next couple of weeks. And uh, It's, it's going to be really an exciting tournament. It's going to be a great tournament. I'm wildly looking forward to it. The pressure on Canada in Canada seems to be out of control, but the people like Thornton and, and Marlowe and Heatley, they're almost like robots right now, Dan. I enjoy Last night I enjoyed watching Marlowe because I knew he was going to make that shot. There's a lot of confidence right now. Well, you know, do you always really need about that, Ryan? For those fans that are listening and that don't know what, what Rob's talking about, it was last night in the shootout. Patrick had the deciding goal in the shootout, and he was watching Ryan Clough before him go, and he learned something about the way that Ryan Clough faked the backhand and then drew it over to the forehand side. And so uh, that happened, and, uh, and, and then Patrick did the same thing effectively. So it was, uh, it was really cool to see that all happen, and the goaltender fell for it, which was, which was interesting. Now, who are you going to be rooting for, Dan, in the Olympics? Are you are you Canada because we got the most shark players on Canada? Are you going USA with Pavelski, your your home nation? Do you root? Do you not root? Do you do you find that there, you can't root? Oh no, it's an opportunity to uh, to do two things, and it's sort of like I mean Archie Manning's position, I think, um, where they asked him if he was going to root for the Saints or the Colts in the Super Bowl, and they wanted him to say, "I'm not going to root for the Saints. I'm going to root for the for, uh, for the Colts. I'm going to root for the Saints because that's the team I played for for all these years and have been loyal to, and we've been waiting for that moment." But he did the right thing. He basically said, "Listen, uh, you know, blood is thicker than water. I'm going to root for my son, and if, I, if the Saints win the Super Bowl, I'll be happy too." And, And in my case, uh, it's somewhat similar to that. I'll be definitely rooting for the United States, of course, um, in their endeavors. I'll be hoping that Joe Pavelski gets uh, one of the game winners in one of the big games like he usually does in some of those situations. And I'm really hopeful, too, that uh, the guys on Team Canada and Team Germany and Team Sweden um, have fantastic tournaments because that's what it's really all about. And uh, I'll be happy for them if they win, too. But uh, but realistically, there's no no question. I'm, I'm an American through and through. Good, good. Now, you said something genius last week when you said the Olympic hockey uh, tournament is a lot like the Stanley Cup finals, but every game is seven games. It's, it's win or lose, win or go home, winner. It's, it's that important. It's a great tournament. And for all of our listeners, if you've never watched a hockey tournament, watch the next two weeks. It's stunning. Well, that's right. It's why the NHL's in that tournament, too, because it's it's a tremendous exposure vehicle for the NHL. And I know that uh, much of what we talk about on this program is related to business, and I have to say that on the business angle, it's pretty smart marketing by the NHL to expose themselves to not only people in the United States, but people around the world who don't too, know too much about the league and now can see that the, the truly the best players play the sport here. So I think it's that combined with the whole idea of the Sharks going to Stockholm, Sweden to open the season next year against Columbus, that's really exciting too. And it's kind of the same thing where you're really pushing your brand and making it more popular around the world. So, Mr. Rusinowski, it's uh, Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and I know you got married during Olympic break, so you must have a lot of love coming up in the next couple, two weeks. 
Well, I have to reintroduce myself to my wife. I'll be doing that after tomorrow's game against the Sabres. That, uh, that's simply uh, a necessity because we haven't uh, seen each other for a couple of weeks. So that'll be kind of nice. And then after that's all over and we get reintroduced, then we'll, uh, I'll probably be uh, my wife's personal valet for a few days simply because she works so darn hard at her job. And um, I think I'll be cooking a few dinners for her and we'll be uh, having some nice evenings. And then I'm thinking about maybe a trip to Napa for a day or two. And then after that, just relaxing at home and enjoying. Good man. Good man. Well, enjoy uh, Buffalo. What, is there anything doing in Buffalo uh, or are you just all business today? Oh, no, no, no. I've got lots of college friends that, uh, that I know here that, uh, you know, this is an area where a number of people where I went to college uh, are from. Uh, it's, it, I went to college in New York State at St. Lawrence University, and that's in way New York, northern New York State near Ottawa, Ontario, but right on the border. And a lot of people from Buffalo have come over the years, so I know people here for many years that I've, I've gotten to see them. And of course, there's the wings. You can't you can't come to Buffalo and not have some chicken wings, where it was all invented. And uh, also, just to get get the business of this one last game done, and we'll be looking forward to doing that tomorrow. Thanks very much, Dan. Enjoy the Olympics. Enjoy the Buffalo call tomorrow, and uh, we'll all be watching. We'll talk to you soon. So it's Dan Rusnowski. You can hear him live on the air game days at ninety eight point five, ninety eight point five. The Sharks, oh, we have the best. We have one of the top three hockey teams in the nation right now. It's good hockey. It's fun hockey. It's fast hockey. It's offensive hockey. It's not, you know, the one nothing games. We're winning, and we're winning big. Uh, give yourself a break and, and watch some hockey, and then during the Olympics, watch some hockey. Uh, you, you'll dig it. You'll enjoy it. You'll fall in love with it. You'll you'll make baseball. <laughs> you'll forget baseball. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 910 a.m. Black talking all things financial. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I got what I could refer to as the funniest email maybe of all time. It comes to me from Jill Faval. She goes, I got mail. Yay! I got mail. Yay! She says, it's Chipotle. Screw you, Jill. I don't care. I, I once went to a friend's house in Milopitas. Los Ingles, San Francisco. Do you know how long I've been wanting to tell you that? Who the freaking fracking cares? Oh, you're you so got too much time on now. your hands, Heidi. My smarty pants host. It's like you, totally okay. wrong. It's it's okay. You have no money. You're poor. You're ghetto, and this is your one chance to correct me and, and look all smarty pants, right? <gasps> oh, ouch. <laughs> Okay, why don't you go back to Walmart and buy your little $3 t-shirts and keep trying to look smart by correcting me on... I will, and mind you, I did not correct you. Somebody else did. And, and keep in... I disagreed. Yeah, like, for instance, what the car company that starts with M, it's M-E-R-C-E-D-S. How do you pronounce that? Mercedes. It's actually Mercedes. But, again, who's counting? Like, why, why do you feel you have to correct people? What's wrong with America? You get too much time on your hands. I hate you. <laughs> Jill Favre. 
That's her, that's her whole email is it's Chip Oltley. Good God, people. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. And for the record, I don't hate Heidi. I refer to her as my um, little retarded sister. So mentally retarded, not physically retarded. Mentally. <laughs> He's so nice, though. 800-345-5639. I know there's a special level of hell that I'm going to for this. And it's reserved just for jerk a-holes like myself. Um, Ella DeGeneres, speaking of jerk a-holes, Warner Brothers is super excited. In large part because Oprah Winfrey is leaving daytime TV. And research is being shown that like Ella DeGeneres is going to win huge. Huge. It's funny because I do a, some TV work for Channel 4 Chronic 4 on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And uh, when I do it, I always go, oh, damn, Ellen's dancing. If Ellen's dancing, no one's watching me. It's kind of funny because, yeah, we do pay attention to what's on the other stations. So anyway, Miss Winfrey hasn't decided that her talk show would end in 2011 at that point in time. You know, will she or will she not uh, sign a big contract, uh, Miss DeGeneres? So her hour-long show, it's upbeat, which is what uh, soccer moms want. It's inspirational, which is what soccer moms want. So she's 52 years old. She's starting to look 52. I don't know. I was flipping through American Idol the other day, and she's starting to look. She's always had this incredible youthful look, but now she's starting to lose a little bit of that. Now, how's the idea about getting a job? Great article yesterday. Great article in the New York Times about Californians, particularly Silicon Valley, is have we lost our edge and will we recover? It talks about how 60% of our our big earners, the engineers, they're foreign-born and how it's getting tougher and tougher to retain those workers in the United States, sometimes because of visa issues, but sometimes because of high cost of living, where they want to take their six-figure salary and, and go live like a king anywhere else in the country or anywhere else or their home country. Uh, why stay here and have crappy public schools? Why stay here and have expensive housing? So there's an interesting article on that. Yesterday, New York Times, just uh, Google uh, Silicon Valley, New York Times, and you'll, you'll see it pop up. But the Obama administration is talking today a little bit about unemployment. And keep in mind, the Obama administration, when they were trying to get elected, they said, you know, unemployment's not a problem. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. And then it turned out to be a problem. Now, today they're saying the unemployment rate is going to fall this year by only a little bit. And it's going to remain well over 6% into 2015. I don't know if he can get elected at 7-8% unemployment. I don't know if anyone can get elected at 7.78% unemployment. The report talked about how an average of 95,000 jobs would be added to payrolls each month this year. Barely enough to keep up with the normal number of jobs the economy would have to create to meet the growth of the labor force and keep unemployment rates steady. So the Labor Department's estimated that unemployment is going to fall to 9.7%. The new report is saying that the average rate for the year would be about 10%, that it would fall 9.2% next year and 8.2% in 2012. Now, again, they've been wrong on the side of caution. So if you assume that they're wrong on the side of caution, again, you're looking at 8.2 is what they're expecting in 2012, the election year. You're looking at almost 9%. Now, why do I bring this up? I don't think he's electable at 9%. I think there would be enough turnover in Congress that it will create gridlock. Wall Street loves gridlock. Wall Street loves it. It's the demon known versus the demon unknown. Wall Street digs it. Wall Street thrives on it. It's important for me to throw that out there in large part because I'm telling you, I think we are – our GDP doesn't look good. 
that's another thing that's inside this congressional report is the GDP growth does not look good at this point in time. So I don't think we're in an environment where we're going to be in a bull up 20% market. I think we're in a 5 to 15% market. 15% of things get kind of crazy. 5% of things get, you know, on the, the, the stodgy side of things, maybe 8%, 9%, somewhere in between. I think corporate America is lean. I think they can support 8 to 10% profit growth. Um, it's not totally ludicrous of a concept, but I don't think jobs are coming back anytime soon. Um, I think they're going to be very, very slow. And again, we're learning what a jobless recovery is. If you don't already know, you're learning it. So great Google to Moogla. Google came out with an announcement today. They're looking for ways to improve your user experience with the iPhone. Um, Google search with a web browser on your Android powered device or your iPhone. You're going to start seeing some changes. It's going to look a little bit different. So Google Apps, color contrast style now adds more focus to search results on the page. The header controls are a little bit bigger to make them easier to touch. The Google logo has been moved to the top of the page versus the side, allowing increase to the width and height of your search box. So interesting, you know, it's, it's some of this isn't science. Some of it, it takes a little bit of time to get the art correct because we were used to Google search on our desktop. And then when Google's got into searching on, and again, I use Google search on my mobile phone five times a day. At least five times a day. If I need something searched, um, they're the people that I go to. Um, Google is is there for me. You're a googly moogly. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. You excited about the hockey tournament? How much money are you going to spend on your sugar booger? How much money are you going to spend on your sugar booger for Valentine's Day? What's the worst Valentine's Day story you got for me? I used to know better Valentine's Day stories, but I think I've forgotten them all. I remember <laughs> one that involved chocolate syrup and kind of like a diabetic type shock coma that came out of it. You figure it out. So First Energy of Ohio, yesterday they agreed to buy Allegheny Energy of Pennsylvania for $4.7 billion in stocks. It's going to create a giant electricity provider with customers spread across the Midwest and Mid-Atlantic. There was a point in time when you and I were little boys and little girls where every major city, every major metropolitan area had their own electrical company. In this story, let me repeat it again. First Energy of Ohio is going to buy Allegheny Energy of Pennsylvania. Did you even know that Ohio borders Pennsylvania? Most people don't. Most people can't figure out the map of the United States, but it's going to be one energy company that takes care of multiple states. So they're going to have about 6 million customers, 16 billion in annual revenue. It's going to own 10 distribution companies in seven states, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Maryland, New York, New Jersey. They're going to generate electricity from a mix of coal, nuclear, natural gas, oil, and renewable energy sources. Combination of the companies they say is a natural fit and it's going to accelerate their efforts to strengthen the operating performance of their generating fleet. Why do I bring this up? A couple of years ago, there's a guy named Warren Buffett. This company's being added to the S&P 500 today, which I think is pretty cool. Congratulations to him on that. But a couple of years ago, he said, we really only need two to five energy companies in the United States. He predicted a great amount of consolidation. I think he's right. And inside this great amount of consolidation for 2010, and again, it's not all going to happen this year. I like the dividends of the utility companies this year in a market that we're kind of worried about jobs. We're kind of worried about China's exposure to credit. We're kind of worried about Greece and their implosion in the EU and what's going to happen next. 
I know the euro is getting weaker. I know the dollar is getting stronger. I know this. So in a market that's kind of worried, utilities are a great place to hide. Now, with that said, there's also a growth catalyst inside this one story where I talked about First Energy of Ohio buying Allegheny Energy of Pennsylvania. I I think you're going to continue to see consolidation in the utility fields. I think Mr. Buffet. I know, I know. Heidi just corrected me. His name is actually Mr. Buffett. But I think Mr. Buffet knows what the hell he's doing. And I like to be like Michael Jordan in basketball. I like to be like Warren Buffet in investing. 800-345-5639. It's 800 Three four five five six three nine to get your calls there. It's the Rob Black Show nine ten AM. Pick up the phone, give me a call. Three four five fifty six thirty nine to get your calls on the air. I'm at a loss of what to talk about at this point in time. I think I've hit everything that I want to talk about. It's actually a good time just to end the show and play music. If anyone has music suggestions, call the show 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Like I could talk about the economic slump, economic slump in Europe. It's starting to slow to a crawl. The economic recovery in the euro area almost ground to a halt in the last quarter of 2009. So there's not a lot of growth out there. And then on the next story, you could talk about China and how they're making it basically tougher to their fighting inflation. They're they're tightening the bank credit for the second time in less than five weeks. China's central bank has moved to limit lending. Again, this what does this mean to me, you say? <laughs> Your retirement is what it means to you. You want a healthy global economy. You want China to take the lead. The United States is tired. We sprinted in the 90s. We rock and rolled. We created jobs. We created businesses. We lost jobs. We lost businesses. We're tired. Our economy can't sprint anymore. We need, we need to chill. Chill out, man. Chill out. There's all sorts of risk out there. And again, you want the world working. On some level, you want it working. So I've never been a big problem. I've never had a problem with globalization. I want the Chinese to have jobs. The more jobs they have, the less they hate me. I want the Russians to have jobs. The more jobs they have, the less they hate me. If we create jobs in Afghanistan and in parts of the Muslim world, the less they hate Americans. The more they hate their damn boss and their, their wife who doesn't support them, they go home and they get all crazy mad and they're all riled up. The more jobs you create in the world, the less people hate Americans. At least that's the way I see it. And I could be way off. Wouldn't it be the first time? Won't be the last time. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Tim Lincecum in San Francisco Giants. They reached a preliminary agreement on a $23 million two-year contract ahead of the scheduled start of arbitration hearing. A two-time reigning NL Cy Young Award winner. He's been set to ask for an arbitration record $13 million. He didn't get that. Instead, he got pretty sweet. $2 million signing bonus, $8 million this year, $13 million in 2011, and the chance to earn performance and award bonuses. So, tiny guy, his teammates called franchise, they call freak. He's getting a nice raise. Last year he made $650,000. we are making $8 million this year, $13 million next year. The Giants have a problem. They invested a lot of money in Barry Zito. And otherwise, I think they would have showered this guy with the Barry Zito type money. 
And, you know, a couple questions is like, what's going to happen in two years? Will they have the money to resign him? Oddly enough, that Barry Zito deal will, will be a little bit closer to coming to an end. So I just throw this out there in large part. And I enjoy a good day at the ballpark. I do. I talk a lot, a lot about, uh, you know, my love for NHL hockey, but I enjoy a good day at the ballpark as well. Microsoft today said they're expected an announcement of a major revamp of its phone software on Monday. You can imagine. The new software comes as Microsoft dominant when smartphones were young, has taken a backseat to research emotions, BlackBerry, as well as Apple's iPhone. So we'll hear about this new software. I'm not really expecting, you know, it might, I've got very low expectations, I think is the right way to say that, coming out of Microsoft as far as innovation goes. I love what they do. I do. They, they're... Their phone software counts for about 9% of the smartphone market, which isn't very much, which isn't very much. Remember earlier in the show, I talked about how the Olympics are losing sponsors left and right. America's Cup, they're losing sponsors left and right as well. America's Cup, the big sailing race that goes on every few years, and I don't, no one really knows when it happens. I think that's one of the reasons they tend to struggle. You know, the iPad, the iPhone. It's good to be a kid today. If you like gadgets, keep in mind our, our obesity rate on children is way too high in this country. But Fisher-Price designers and engineers, they've been keeping tabs on Apple. They've been attending tech industry events like the Consumer Electronics Show. They've got what's called a new product come out. It's an IXL, which is an iPad-like device for three- to six-year-olds. It combines a photo album, electronic book reader, music player, notebook, art studio. So Fisher-Price is kind of getting all 21st century on us. Kids like to emulate what they see in the larger world. And they see our parents, they see the parents, they see the siblings, you know, with the iPhones and iPads. So basically now there's an iPad for six-year-old kids. I don't know how you really feel about that, because I was the type of kid who would go outside and run till I was red in the face, and then it'd basically fall over. This IXL, it uses, uses a lot more technology than other toys coming on market. Uh, manufacturers and customers favored less expensive products, such as board games during the recession, Fisher Price has reduced costs since 2008, cutting jobs and shrinking travel budgets by half, um, cutting down a lot of the trips to, to Asia from their Pertino, California-based uh, Apple. So, I don't know. Uh, I still don't know where I stand on that. I need to have an opinion. I need to stick with it, right? I still don't know where I stand on that. Let's see. A couple things that I could end the show with today. The legal liability for Toyota is huge. You know that they've got the acceleration problem. They've got a redesign of many of their products coming sooner rather than later. Um, Toyota is looking, we're starting to look at the number of class action lawsuits and how much it's going to cost. So the Japanese, uh, basically, pending injuries, pending deaths, and, you know, loss of use of vehicle. A lot of people don't want to drive their Toyotas anymore. They don't trust them. They're afraid. So the Japanese automaker faces dozens of lawsuits over injuries and deaths attributed to safety with more and more suits expected. Lawyers and legal experts are saying the lawsuits could be particularly expensive if plaintiffs prove that Toyota knew of the problems and didn't address them. So there's at least 30 lawsuits right now that are seeking class action status, trying to recover some damages for the reduced value of the cars. Keep in mind, if you own a Toyota and you thought the resale value was going to be $15,000, it just went down to $10,000. People are a little bit freaked out on it. So legal expenses of damages of just this could hit 2 to $3 billion. Typical vehicle worth $10,000 before the lawsuits 
it uh, before the recalls drops three and a half percent in value. That's three hundred fifty dollars per car. You multiply that by six million in the number of approximate Toyota autos that have been recalled in the United States, and you see two and a half billion dollars just on the lost value of the car. If again, if they knew about it, and lawyers, I love lawyers. Thirty pending class action lawsuits right now against uh, Toyota. I think Toyota survives this. I think they had a hell of a brand name going into this. I think they're going to figure out some way to get out of this uh, on a a whole level. Uh, With that said, who would have thought, right? So your car is down big in value because of recall, and you want to be compensated ultimately for it. Retail numbers in the United States came out pretty strong recently, telling us that, again, we in the United States continue to spend money. So there's some safety in that. There's people out there like Bob. I got this listener who's a crazy guy, Bob, that he thinks at some point in time we're going to... He refers to the United States as a third world country. If you've ever been to a third world country, you know we are not a third world country. Although Stockton has some third world characteristics. And of course, West Virginia's got many third world characteristics. But we are nowhere near third world uh, in any way, shape, or form. Japan is worried right now that Toyota woes could hurt U.S. ties. No, as far as Americans just not trusting Japanese products, period. So, interesting note. There, here's an interesting stat, and it, it it shows you how stupid we are as a nation. Airline on-time arrivals in 2009, the best since 2003. The airlines have this big black eye for always being, you know, uh, they're going to ticket our bag, they're going to charge more for our bag, they're going to kill us there, they're going to, you know, bump us from a flight. One of the ways that they, they're starting to get good PR is more on-time arrivals. And what they're actually doing is, it used to take an hour, 10 minutes to fly from here to San Diego. They're now allocating an hour 25 so that if they leave the gate a little early, they got a 15-minute buffer. See how statistics can absolutely positively lie? I don't know. Hawaiian Airlines is the best record, followed by Southwest and now Alaska Airlines. I love Southwest. I love Alaska. Hawaiian's okay. Well, they got a little bit of a monopoly going, which kind of bugs me out a little bit. Um, you see where I'm going with that. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. Call's a little disappointing today, a little bit on the light side. There's one company that I, I think you could take a look at, and I know I didn't do any super secret, not so secret podcast this week, but that's okay. I did one. Next week, I'll do two or three. Um, Prologis. Prologis is an interesting company. They're a real estate investment trust. They invest in a lot of factories overseas. And what's interesting to note about that isn't much, but they just came out with earnings and they issued a little bit of downside guidance. With some companies, you look at their valuation based on price to earnings. With some companies, you look at their valuations based on price to sales. With real estate investment trusts, you look at their funds from operations because they have to share a large portion of their cash flow large portion of their earnings with the shareholders. So mandated by law, real estate investment trusts, because they don't pay corporate taxes, they have to share profits with shareholders. So Prologis is one of those companies that I think has done a pretty nice job of recovering from the commercial real estate disaster tied towards overexpansion, tied towards chasing real estate, tied towards the collapse of credit. So 20 seconds. I know. Heidi's killing me. I don't know if you know this, but you can have headphones on and have someone scream in your ear and it just drives you insane. You can find me uh, Monday, 
not here. Best of coming up. So Tuesday, I'll be back uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. Find me online at robblack.com, robblack.com. And now it's time for Did Rob Black Really Just Say That? Listen in to the weekly roundup of unbelievable quotes. Here's Robbie. Uh, there's no way I'm eating healthy. Rob, just give it a break. Have you not heard heard the musical I'm working on this year? It's called Ham, Glorious Ham. You're you're talking about us being open-minded as being listeners. My sugar booger, my sugar booger threw away some ham. I'm like, ham never goes bad. (laughs) What's wrong with you? Especially if it's honey glazed. Especially honey glazed. It was honey glazed ham. (laughs) Hi, it's me. Uh, I haven't seen pornography in many, many days. I feel my testicles on a regular basis, but you have to be familiar with that area. You'd feel if there's a pea-sized growth, it's a tumor. Ha, that's the premise of the show. Rob tends to think that he's right, and it helps if you put your tongue on it for feeling. You know how bears are, you do don't you? It's Rob Black Show, nine ten a.m. You know how bears are. You know how bears are. I know how bears are. <laughs> I love that comment. Thanks for the call, Rez. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.